of applause to our worship team. I'm telling you, I, I say this all the time and it's no joke. Anybody can preach at 1910 after you have singing like that. Amen. Whoo, man. Those guys are, oh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Merry Christmas. Glad you guys are here. Hey, today we want to pray that this week, I believe, is going to be a banner week in the kingdom of God. I just, I just, the table set, guys. It is set for us to profess and speak about the hope that has come. Are you with me there? Come on, if you can't get juiced this week, there's no hope. I'm just kidding. No, no. There's always hope. There's always hope. But I'm just saying, I'm excited. So today, here's how we're going to pray. We always pause. And pray for another work of God in our city, in our community. If you're new to 1910 or checking us out for the first time, you may already regret your decision for being here already. But just hang in there with me. I promise God's here and he's going to move and work. But um, we love to pray for other works of God in our city. We know that we're just one small, small representation of what God is doing literally around our community, our state, our nation, and the world. And so... It is an honor for us to suit up on Team Jesus with so many other houses of worship today. But instead of specifically praying for a church, can we pray for several churches today? And so I'm going to pray out loud for every church that's listed in the Bernie Star and, and, and every, and I'm just kidding, we're not going to do that, but you're going to help me today. I want you to think of a church right now that comes to your mind. Come on, ask the Lord to reveal one to me right now by name. If you may be a pastor, you know a pastor's name as well. I want you to think about somebody right now. It could be in our city. could be from your hometown. could be from just somebody you know that's been... I want us just to pray. Does everybody have something come to mind? A church or a pastor? Amen. Okay. And I want us to pray for that right now for them as we get ready to, to, to move through this final push to Christmas. Can we do that? Grab a hand as a sign of unity in this house today. There's something when the body of Christ is unified, amen? There's power there, right? A, a, a cord of three strands, right? It's not easily broken, right? So we're bound together in unity by the joining of hands. And Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a God that's worth singing about, for lifting our hands towards, for, for getting loud and proud over. You are our hope. You are the Savior of the world. Jesus, thank you for the life that you've given us. Come on, somebody. Aren't you excited? Jesus is so good to us. Thank you. Thank you for the life we've been given. And Lord, today we join hands in this room. Those that are watching online with us right now, we are praying for a mighty move of your spirit this week. God, we're praying that, that as we venture towards Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, God, I am praying 
that Jesus would receive maximum airtime, that he would be spoken of in greater proportions this year than ever before. Our world needs Jesus. He is the hope. He is the answer. And we have him and we know him. And God, I pray that we would speak about him. Today, it's an honor for us to pray for other houses of worship today, pastors and church leaders that are, that are singing the songs of the season, that are lighting that last Advent candle. They're, they're preaching and proclaiming a Savior has come. Not just a Savior, He is the Savior, the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life, His name is Jesus. And so I'm praying for our spiritual family that they would speak Jesus, that they would sing Jesus, that they would pray and demonstrate Jesus this week like never before. I'm praying that heaven would grow this week. Woo, come on. Heaven grows when people say yes to this Savior, Jesus. And God, we're praying that salvation would come. That's the greatest gift this Christmas season. It's for someone to open up their life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we're praying for salvation. We're praying for transformation and life change. God, thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, thanks for being with us here. You've not left us alone to try to figure this thing out today. You have a word for your people. We've already sung about it, God, and not now as we open up the the Bible, your word to us, God, I pray that you would illuminate truth, Holy Spirit, and wake us up to some new reality today that will change us. We want to say thank you in advance. Just say thank you right now. Thank you out loud. Come on. Say thank you. He's going to work. If you're ready, if you're open, he will work. He'll do something in you today. So Lord, take a familiar story today and illuminate new truth. We give you the glory in advance. In Jesus' name, everybody in this house and online said. Come on, everybody in this house and online said. Woo, amen. I would just love, I'd love to be with somebody online one day, like at the beach or, 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 or like in, in a movie theater. They're watching us before the movie starts. And then they say, amen, do whatever the prayer. Wouldn't that be great to see people freak out? Hallelujah, so good. Thank you, brother, so much. That was so good. I asked Pastor Allison, Pastor Allen, can we sing some of those songs again on Saturday? He said, absolutely. So they're good stuff. Glad you guys are here today. We're going to wrap up this series today entitled Merry and Bright. Uh, uh, Bing Crosby sings a song written by Irving Berlin. It says, may your days be merry and bright. When that's the hope that we have for you. We know, however, that sometimes this season, it's hard for you to be cheerful and lively. That's what that word merry means. And so for the last few weeks, we've been trying to share with you some things that, that we believe will help you live a life that is merry and bright. Merry, in fact, I'm just gonna give spoiler alert right now. I'm giving you the theme of today. You ready for this? This is deep. Jesus. <laughs> that is the answer for us living a life that is merry and bright. Is that all right? Y'all ready to go eat cookies now? Let's just go home. No, no, no. But that is what we need most. Think about it. Jesus came into a dark, cold world. That might describe some of your worlds right now. It's dark. It's cold. 
You're, you're, you're wondering if there is any hope. I wanna let you know you're not alone and that's not unusual because that's exactly what the world was like when Jesus makes his appearance as a baby born in a manger in Bethlehem. Are you with me today? It was dark. Israel was, was, was wondering, will we ever be delivered from the situation we find ourselves in? We started a few weeks ago looking at the prophet Isaiah's words, and in Isaiah chapter nine, he spoke these words some 700 years before Jesus was born. They waited that long. The Assyrians had dominated him. The Babylonians had come and taken over their homeland and forced them out. He says, the people wandering in darkness, Isaiah said, will see a great light. Wow. Your world might be dark right now. Your, 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 your world may seem hopeless to you right now. I was going to tell you, hang on, because the Savior of the world has come. And if you'll just let him step into your situation, I'm telling you, it'll shift. It'll change. We are a little bit crazy at 1910. Some of y'all tell, tell me something we don't already know bro, you know, like, when are you going to wear a suit, you know, or why is the music so loud, and where in the Bible does it say to have cookies, like snowman, yeah, we're, we're just a little off, and we're a little off with something that we believe to the very core of who we are, you see, we believe that an encounter with Jesus can change everything, and that's why we sing loud, that's why we lift our hands, that's why we bounce, we get turned up in the house. It's okay to laugh, it's okay to have fun, it's okay to be a little undignified and wear pajamas to kids' church. Come on, don't you think Jesus wants us to be comfortable? We don't care what you wear, just wear something. You know, fig leaves are out, but put something, just get to the house of the Lord. He wants us to enjoy his presence. And we, we do our very best to expose you to Jesus because we believe that's what you need. We believe that an encounter with him can literally change everything. So if you're living in a world that's dark and cold right now, I'm telling you, let Jesus into it. Let the light of the world come. Let him step into that darkness. Let him step into that cold cold world that you find yourself in right now. Oh, let him illuminate it, folks. I'm telling you, he's got so much in store for you. Let Jesus in. Let him in. We believe that's your answer to living a life that is merry and bright. Amen? You know, we're gonna, many of you will be looking over the next few weeks at a quite familiar story in, in, in scripture. It's, it's found in Luke chapter two. It's a passage that, that we read every Christmas as a kid. And, and by the way, just, just keep this in mind. L listen, you, you, you know the story of Christmas. Hey, listen, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? He is. It's all about Jesus. It's his birthday, and, and everybody knows that we sing about Jesus, and we lift up his name, and we celebrate his coming to the world. But, but my dad would, would pause wherever we are, and we were traveling sometimes at Christmas, 
we, we would be on the road or we'd be visiting family. And wherever we were, we always paused Christmas Eve and my dad would read Luke chapter two to us. In fact, if you're a dad or if you're a mom that leads your home, listen, I, I wanna encourage you that sometime this next week to, to focus and camp out in Luke chapter two and once again read this quite familiar story to us. There's, nothing's changed in it. It's still the same. It was written years ago. But, but it's just good to revisit it. But in my visiting Luke chapter two, there's, there's a part of Luke chapter two that, that we oftentimes stop short around verse 20 of Luke chapter two, but, but there's an incredible part the rest of the chapter that, that I wanna share with you today. We're talking about this idea of cold and, and dark and, and feeling like we're hopeless. Some of us, our world is a wreck right now. And it's a mess. And we wonder, hey, where is this peace that Isaiah spoke of? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of, where is it? Right? And, and I was just reminded as I was reading Luke chapter two about a man by the name of, of Simeon. And, and reminding myself, or being reminded about that, that, that peace doesn't mean necessarily an absence of adversity. You see, we, we, we somehow think that, hey, if, 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 if I wanna have joy, well, I've gotta get through the grief and then joy will come. Like, you have this one, then there's this one. Listen, I think sometimes grief and joy run in our lives simultaneously, you know? And so it's not like, I gotta get through one to get to the other. No, I think it's possible that for us to still have joy even in the midst of grief, even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of adversity. Are you with me there? I, I, I found a story this week that may, maybe many of you are quite familiar with, but, but it's the story of, of, of an art competition that took place in which artists were, were challenged to draw or paint an image that conveyed peace. Peace. The author says, many artists submitted drawings of serene landscapes. One had a lake on it that was just smooth as glass. There was another with a meadow with the first hints of a morning sunrise. However, the winning piece in this art competition was a painting of a seawall where waves were crashing against the rocks. There was an angry sky above in which rain was just falling down and lightning was flashing. Down the side of the mountain, the, the, the once peaceful, tranquil waterfall was foaming as it tumbled downward. This did not look peaceful at all. But in this picture, growing out of the seawall was a tiny bush that was growing from a crack in the rock. And in the bush, there was a mother bird that had built her nest. And there in the midst of the rush of angry water sat this mother bird on her nest. Perfect peace. The judge picked that one as the winner and explained this. Peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. Peace means to be in the midst of all of those things and still be calm in your heart. That is the real meaning of peace. This man that I stumbled across in Luke chapter two 
This man by the name of Simeon is also a representation to me of how you can have peace despite grief or turmoil or upheaval. Keep in mind, Simeon's a Jewish man who, much like numerous of his ancestors prior to, were longing and waiting for the coming Messiah. I mean, Isaiah said there would be a deliverer that would come, that there would be one that would light up the darkness. There would be one that would bring peace. And no doubt the Jewish nation thought, hey, listen, this is gonna be some sort of a mighty ruling warrior type of king. Hey, Assyrians, you better get ready because my king's coming. Babylonians, get ready, Jack. It is on, MMA. Let's get ready to rumble. I mean, it is on. That's what they had in mind. What do you mean he's gonna be a prince of peace? That's not the type of king they were wanting. They wanted one that was gonna wreak havoc on their enemies. Isn't that how we think sometimes? Hey, they did us wrong. Oh, God, I need you to take care of fill in the blank. Don't say it out loud because people might be here and hear you say that. So. But we think the same thing, do we not? What type of mighty warrior king, a deliverer, a promised one, comes as a baby wrapped in a swaddling cloth in a manger, in a cave? No pomp and circumstance, no fanfare. Where, where, were, where were the court people that were supposed to welcome him? Where were the trumpeters that day? They weren't there. Oh, but make no mistake, there was some funky stuff happening in the night sky, wasn't there, right? A heavenly host of angels singing. Come on, you know heavenly hosts are better than the best brass band you could ever find, right? Yeah, where is he? Simeon was longing and waiting for the promised Messiah. He was praying and longing for the consolation, this one that would come and bring peace for Israel. We're gonna pick up his story in verse 29, but before we get there, let me just read a few verses prior to that beginning in verse 25. It says, at that time, Jesus's parents, Mary and Joseph, by the way, were their names, if you don't are familiar with that part of the Christmas story. And we're told that around day eight, they took him to the temple for his ritual religious circumcision. Um, and so that's where they are here in Luke chapter two. And in verse 25, I'm gonna read a few verses before I get to the words on the screen that you're gonna have. But it says, it was at this time that there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon and he was righteous and, and he was devout. And check this out. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. That's important. And he had revealed to him that Simeon would not die until the day that he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What a great promise from God. Simeon, you will not die until you see this long-awaited Messiah that Isaiah spoke of. Wow. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. Come on, it's always better when you let the Spirit lead you. Come on, it's always better whenever you obey the Spirit and obey the Spirit promptly, okay? That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms. Come on now, somebody. You mama's in the house, or even you daddy's in the house. You got an eight-year-old, eight eight-day-old eight baby and some stranger dude, even if it's in the house, the Lord come and take that baby, it is on. You're, you're throwing hands, aren't you? I mean, we're... we're take my baby, but it says that Simeon 
was there and he took the child in his arms and praising God, he said these words, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you promised. Come on, how many of you know that God is faithful to his promises? And that if God said it, you can believe it. And if God said it, it will happen. It may not happen in the way that you think it should or in the time it should, but I'm telling you, God can be trusted. Come on, somebody. He does not go back on his word. I've seen your salvation, verse 30 says, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light. He's a what, church? He's a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Wow. This was a drop the mic moment for Simeon. He said, Lord, listen, you promised to me that I would see my deliverer while I was alive. He's now come, Lord, take me home. Country road. No, he didn't sing that. That wasn't written yet. But he said, Lord, I can now go home. You promised? You promised me? that I would not pass until this one would come and set us free. But check this out. Simeon knew that it wasn't just for Israel's salvation. Simeon knew that this would be the savior of the world. He says, he is the salvation. You've sent your salvation. He's the light to reveal God to the nations. Come on, somebody. You see, this Savior born in Bethlehem is for all people, not just for the chosen or the select or the few, not just for people that got it all figured out or whose mamas and daddies live right. I'm telling you, jacked up, flawed people, a Savior has come for us, and he's come to set us free. He's our deliverer. He's the light in our darkness. He is the hope when things seem hopeless. Wow, the glory of your people. Wow. You see, Simeon had been so distraught all his lifetime waiting for this day, but yet he still had peace as he sees the promised promise. The Savior of the world had come. Wow. He's the light for all nations. Simeon was holding the light of the world in his arms that day. Can you imagine that, Dale? What an awesome privilege. Listen, if you've had a child, you remember that first time you held that child in your arms and the delight and the joy and the relief for some of y'all going, oh, crap, what do I do now, you know, right? But you remember what those feelings you had, the joy. Can you imagine Simeon holding the Messiah? The promised one, mm. the light of the world. That light that Simeon was holding, check this out, is the light that for those of us that have received him, it's that light that we possess. Simeon had the privilege of holding the light of the world. But as a believer in Jesus in Christ, I have the privilege of letting the light of the world possess me. Are you with me there? 
You need to understand something. For every one of you that have called upon the name of the Lord and are saved, this light that Simeon hold is now de- held is now deposited within you. Jesus Christ lives inside of everyone who lets him in. Remember I told you earlier that we believe that an encounter with Jesus can change your life. It changed Simeon's life here in Luke chapter two, no doubt, right? And we believe this, that we as believers possess this light that just as Simeon declared in Luke two that for all nations, check this out, there is a cold, dark world that we live in that needs this light that is within us. And here's what we believe. That light that is within us has the power to change lives. That's why we've been encouraging you over these last few weeks to let it shine. Last week we looked at Matthew chapter five. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds but praise your father in heaven. Check this out. As I let the light that is within me, the light of Jesus shine, people that are walking around in darkness, they get a glimpse of it. And they get to see the difference that light can make. Come on, somebody. You know that if it's dark, you want some light present in the darkness. Believer, check this out. We possess what a dark, cold world needs. Now, it's not us. It's what's in us. It's the Holy Spirit of Jesus. It's his light that we are to shine and let it out. Let it go. Let it. No, it's a bad Disney movie. Not a bad Disney movie, but it's a Disney movie. Listen, we are to let the light of Jesus out. Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and hides it under a bush. No, you put it on a lampstand so that everybody around can enjoy what light does. Come on, somebody. Have you been around looking at Christmas lights yet? Come on, somebody. You know that your neighborhood looks a lot better when your neighbors turn on some Christmas lights, right? Looks good. Some of y'all got some neighbors that got them permanent ones and they're turning them on for 4th of July and Halloween and uh, St. Patrick's Day and things like that. Yeah, but you know that lights change things, right? It's the same with us, believer. Come on, you've been lit. Not just so that you can be proud and cocky and act like big man. No, you've been lit so you can go light others with the hope that you profess. May your days be merry and bright. Come on, we got the brightness. We are light bright. We need to let it out so that other people can experience, well, what Simeon experienced in Luke 2 and what you experienced the moment you were saved and Jesus came into your life. If any man's in Christ, he is a, come on, ask Saul. Hey, when you get to heaven, just look for Saul. Actually, don't look, you won't find Saul. You'll find Paul. Because Jesus met him one day and transformed and changed his life too. And I'm telling you, how many of you know that Jesus can transform somebody's life? That's what he does. New creation. Old things pass away. We possess the light. We're to let him out. I love this passage. We looked at it last week. We didn't look at this verse, but we looked at a, the first part of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 last week. And I want to read to you what verse 7 says today says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves, here it is, we're, we're like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. You see, I'm a possessor 
of this light. And, and, and I love the imagery here that Paul gives us. I'm like a fragile clay jar. I, I envision jars that maybe have some cracks and flaws, maybe a hole or something in it, right? And, 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 and you know that those types of jars, you can actually see what's inside when things, can you imagine a light in, 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 inside of a fragile clay jar that's kind of maybe broken a little bit? Am I talking about that maybe you've had some broken times of your life? Come on, have I talked to any people that have been cracked over the course of your lifetime because of some pressure and things? Come on, aren't you thankful that God, hey, listen, God created you and he knew exactly what your life would be like, but yet he still chose to put his light in you for those of you that receive him. You know what that means to me? God's not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for vessels that got it all together and look nice and glossy and no flaws or cracks. Come on, this room is littered and the internet is littered today with people that are flawed and broken. But make no mistake about it. Woo, the light of Jesus is in you. And check this out. You need those broken pieces as you look into a vessel so that you can see what's inside of it. Your mistakes, your flaws, your jacked upness. That's not a word. But you know what I mean. That is exactly what people need to see. Some of us are so embarrassed about our testimony. We're so embarrassed about our past. Come on, it's called the past. You don't live in that past. Jesus has changed you. But listen, he uses our past. He uses our brokenness. He uses us as fragile clay jars to shine his light into dark places. Let your light shine. It's not you. Don't you be talking about you, 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 me, 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 me. No, no, you talk about the difference Jesus has made in your life. That's the difference Simeon understood in Luke 2. I can now go home, Lord, because you've sent the light. You've sent the one that will be salvation for all nations. Christian, you have that in you. Let it shine. Let the light of Jesus out for your dark neighbor to see, for your cold, insensitive place of employment or school campus. They need to see Jesus in you. I pray that your days would be merry and bright. Wow. You may think, gosh, I'm too far gone. Or man, it is dark right now, and I just don't know. Listen, that light is still in you. It's still there. I'm telling you, the light of Christ is there, and, and, and you may feel like you're at the end of your rope, but you're not at the end of your hope. And you let it out, and you hang on and shine his light. Jesus would say this in John chapter 8, or excuse me, John chapter 12. He would say this beginning in verse 35. He says, Jesus said, my light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. That's why we need light. Come on, believer, that's why the world needs you, because it's dark. And for those of you today that have never received Jesus, listen to these words. Put your trust in the light while there is still time then you will become children of the light put your trust in the light 
while there is still time. Friend, don't put it off any longer. We are not guaranteed another moment. And we were on our way to Dallas this week to watch your Bernie Greyhounds. It's a great game. Best football game I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely incredible. So proud of Coach Hendricks and the rest of our team and everybody that represented. It was absolutely incredible. But on the way to that game, we got a note that a dear friend of mine passed away. Um, guy that was a mentor when we were young. We were at a church. We were 20 and 21 years old. And we didn't, there weren't many people like us in this little community in which we lived in. But there was a man that we latched on to and he became a dear friend. And he passed away 59 years old. I was talking to somebody else today after sharing that story in the first service that I just lost a friend that's 33. Guys, listen, I'm not trying to scare Jesus into anyone. But the words of Jesus here says, put your trust in the light while there is still time. Don't put it off, my friend. We're not guaranteed another moment. I'm looking forward to Saturday and Christmas in the city, but none of us are guaranteed that. I'm praying that you would find your way. You're walking in darkness and you're trying to manage it and life stinks. I'm telling you, come to the light. Let the light of Jesus melt your cold, hardened heart and receive the warmth and the love of Christ. I love these words in Matthew 11. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and those of you that carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Peace, shalom. He will be called the Prince of Peace. You see what you need this Christmas, my friend, is Jesus the one whose birthday we celebrate, the one who we bring our best to. You need Jesus. He's the light of the world. He can illuminate your dark world. He can warm up the cold world you find yourself living in today. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. We have John 8, 12. I don't know why we have it, but it's a good verse. It says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness because you're gonna have the light that leads to life. I don't know if Jesus wants me, pastor. I've done way too many things in my lifetime and my life's not perfect. I, I'm, I'm just reminded that Jesus always has chosen to work through mishaps and miscues. And just because we have a bunch of those in our life, that doesn't mean that we are hopeless. He came to save broken, flawed people. He came to a people who, who were walking in darkness, who had been disobedient and rebellious time and time again. And I'm telling you, he wants to step into your world this Christmas if you will let him. He is the hope of the world. He is the light of the world. We used to sing a song that says, if you're weary and if you're heavy hearted, just tell it to Jesus. Wow. Guys, I'm telling you, Jesus changes everything. When Simeon saw him, that was enough. Lord, take me home. I'm ready. When 
Jesus steps into a cold, dark world in history. And we know that history was never the same. Wow. I know there's some people that are listening here today in this room and online that have said yes to Jesus. And you know what I'm talking about. You know the difference that Jesus can make in someone's life. You know the, 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 the joy that he gives despite our circumstances, right? And so even though life may be tumultuous for you right now, much like the painting that I described to you earlier, we still can be at peace because we know the one who is the prince of it and he's still with us. And even though life may be raging around us, oh, I still can choose joy. Wow. If there's anything I could wish for you and your family this Christmas, I do pray that your days are merry and bright, but more importantly, I pray that you would understand what makes it merry and bright. Instead of looking to try to make your Christmas perfect and the packages all match and the tree to be decorated the best, you, you know what my favorite Christmas trees are? It's the ones that the kids decorate where the ornaments are only about like two foot high and you've got another six feet, there's nothing up there but greenery. You know what I'm talking about? I love that. And I love the parents that are cool parents that just let it go like that. Drive me crazy, right? If, if, but so many of us are striving to create the perfect Christmas. Hey, can I just encourage you? Hey, why don't you look to the one who can make your Christmas perfect and let him come in and change your life. I pray that you would experience the hope that Jesus gives. So, I have this serious problem with Christmas presents. Don't worry, no soapbox is here. Now see, the problem is actually with me. I hint at the gifts, you know? I spill the beans and I ruin the surprise every year, but I can't help it. I love it so much. Mommy, I need you. I'm coming, sweetie. Spoiling the surprise kind of reminds me how God works. He likes to hint at big things, like the way he hinted about that very first Christmas gift all those years ago. The Lord himself shall give you a sign, and the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and he shall be called do you Emmanuel. Remember? Emmanuel. Yeah, he was preparing the gift already. Right. God packed up the greatest gift that the world had ever seen. Not even he could keep it to himself. He gets me. And God didn't just let the surprise slip once. No, he let the cat out of the bag nearly 300 times in the Old Testament. We call them prophecies. But here's the big difference between God's prophecies and just spoiling a surprise. One is giving the gift early, but you don't get to open it. And the other is God giving us a gift of hope while we wait for Jesus to come. <laughs> Do you see it? He wasn't telling us a secret. He was making us a promise. Because we humans, three chapters into the creation story, we managed to mess it all up. Yeah, we needed saving. Desperately. So, God kept sending us hope through his prophets and messengers. And that hope was the gift of his son. 
the Messiah. And there will never be a greater gift <laughs> than Jesus. And the cool thing is that hope isn't over. He promises to come again and take us all home. So the gift is just right there. The question is, will you accept it? Come on, let's stand to our feet and let's continue in worship today. Jesus, we honor your presence here today, God. We say yes to the gift. There was a moment when the lights went out. Death had claimed its victory. The king of love had given up his life. The darkest day in history. There on a cross they made for sinners. For every blood is blood. One final breath and it was finished But not the end he could have known
world. He is the king that can set his people free. I'm just wondering today, does the light of Jesus shine in you? In order for that light to shine in you, you've got to receive him. You've got to bow before him. You've got to humble yourself. And you've got to admit your need for a savior. Have you done that, my friend? Listen, the greatest gift we can give you this year is to introduce to you and to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I'm telling you, it's the greatest gift you'll open this Christmas season. Let him in. Let him change you. Let him save you. Hey, you can trade your sorrow. You can trade your shame. You can get rid of that. You can just let Jesus come in and take over and dominate. That's our prayer for you this Christmas. That's our prayer for you, that you would receive the greatest gift given in history. Today, I want to pray for you. We're going to dismiss and let you leave. I'm going to have some of my ministry partners down here today that would love to pray with you and and encourage you. Maybe you're in a dark spell and, and you need to be reminded that Shalom is here. There is a Prince of Peace that can step into your situation and even change what's going on. He's here and our friends would love to pray with you and encourage you today. Don't miss this moment. Or maybe you're here today and you would say, you know, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Receive him today. Listen, Merry Christmas. I hope to see you on the town square a Saturday night. I'll see you Friday if you want to come. I won't be there. But Saturday night is going to be awesome. We start at 6. We hope that you'll invite family, friends. We've got invite cards, as we said, and atrium. Those of you that are watching us online, we, we hope that you can carve out some time in the midst of your family celebrations. But come and join us as we sing songs of the season as we preach about the hope that has come. But I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us a reason to sing. Thank you for being the answer that we need. Thank you for being a light that illuminates our dark world. Thank you for being peace amidst the chaos and the turmoil. We can find it in you, Jesus. And Lord, I'm praying today for someone who's yet to receive you as Savior King, that today would be the day that they receive heaven's gift given to them, a Savior born in a manger whose name is Jesus, whose ultimate purpose and destiny was to go to a cross and as we just sang, to lay down his life. He he left this earth in a cold, dark tomb. He, he made his entrance on earth in a cold, dark cave. But yet you brought him back to life. And for everyone who believes in him and receives him as Lord, they too receive new life. So God, I'm praying that this Christmas, those who need a Savior, whoo, they would say yes to Jesus. We worship him. He is the King of Kings. That's why we sing all hail King Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. He's the Savior of the world. In fact, let's sing that together again. All hail King Jesus.